Turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians. We're going to continue working it out in the book of Ephesians with Paul the Apostle. Uh, and so uh, this is our summer family fitness. We're staying strong spiritually or we're getting uh, spiritually uh, fit and hopefully physically fit uh, as well. How many of you know all of those things work together? In fact, I think our memory verse from last week was in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 or, 7 or 8. It says, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in all things for the life that now is and the one that is to come. And so uh, we're, we're learning the memory verses and we're getting stronger spiritually. I pray that you're working it out and you're not just kind of sitting on the sidelines. How many of you know you can't sit on the sidelines and be physically, spiritually fit uh, to, to, to be engaged in the will of God for your life? And so we're, we're working it out. Wednesday night, I'm going through Ephesians. In fact, man, we worked it out in the grace of God last Wednesday night. The Wednesday before that, we worked it out in the will of God. I mean, there's so many great things in the book of Ephesians. And I want you to devour this book. I want you to read it, meditate on it, memorize it. Uh, uh, hey, share it, learn it, uh, get a handle on the word of God, uh, especially in the book of Ephesians these, these two summer months, June and July. Uh, we're, we're hanging out in the book of Ephesians. And so be here Wednesday night. If you want to just get a firmer, uh, uh, more uh, glorious grip on God's word that'll transform your life, be here Wednesday night. We're working it out. On Sunday morning, we're going through the book of Ephesians and we're showing, we're kind of uh, uh, highlighting spiritual exercises that you and I need to accomplish. A couple of weeks ago, we began with the exercise of knowing. How many of you know if you don't know some things, you can't grow? In fact, Paul, the apostle in the book of Ephesians, what he's endeavoring to do is to get the body of Christ to where they know who they are in Christ. Everyone say in Christ, you know who you are in Christ. You can, Hey, you'll be, you'll be able to grow. It's the exercise of knowing, learning and knowing who you are in Christ and how, because of us being in Christ, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principality and power and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. You know, and, and here's what we've learned about Ephesians on Wednesday night, especially that it's two parts. The first part, it has to do with the revelation of God and learning and knowing. The second part, beginning in chapter four, has to do with application and the implementation of what we know. And here's kind of an illustration of that. The Bible, Paul said uh, uh, to the Ephesian church that Jesus was seated uh, in heavenly places far above all principality and power. Chapter 2, he says he, we're seated with him in heavenly places. And then you go over to the second half in Ephesians 6. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to uh, uh, be victorious over the powers of darkness. So you understand it's a working it out kind of thing. This is who we are in Christ, seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power. But in Ephesians 6, we got we to gotta work our way into victory. We got to take our stand and get strong in the Lord and get the armor of God on and be victorious in him. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to work it out. You got to work it out. That's what we've been doing. And so we talked about the exercise of knowing. And then last week we talked about the exercise of sitting. Most of you love that exercise. It's the exercise of sitting. Well, we're not talking about being lethargic. We're talking about taking our seat in heavenly places. And that's what Ephesians said. It says in chapter two, we're seated with Christ 
in heavenly places. And here's the principle that we learned last week, that if you're going to uh, remain seated, and how many of you know there's a lot of influences in the world that are trying to unseat us, if you will, from our heavenly position in Christ. We learn if you're going to remain seated, you got to take your stand against the influences that are trying to unseat you from your spiritual position in Christ in heavenly places. So you got to exercise that reality. Hey, I'm going to remain seated and I'm not going to let my past position rob me of my present position in Christ. We learned that, hey, if you'll take your seat in heavenly places, you'll take your place seated with Christ in heavenly places, guess what? And you get your position right, it'll affect your condition. A lot of people's condition needs to be changed. How many of you got some conditions in your life that you need changed? Hey, get in your position and your new position will begin to change your condition. Are you with me? Say one more amen. And so there's the exercises. Now today, we're going to begin with another exercise from the book of Ephesians. And it's called the exercise of fitting. Everyone say fitting. Turn in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. I want to show you this principle that we've got to work out in our own life. Paul the apostle said this, Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners. Let me pause and you look up at me. What's he referencing here? The reality, and we looked at this on Wednesday night, that, hey, for the Jew, they were God's chosen people. For the Gentile, they were outsiders. They were outside looking in. And in fact, Ephesians 2 says they were without without God, having no hope in the world. But God loves everybody, amen? And we learned Wednesday night that the message of grace that we work out in our life is for all of humanity and the grace of God was revealed to the, uh, and, and released to the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And so now we're both one, as he said there in Ephesians. And this is what he says, because of that reality that there, hey, uh, God loves us all. He says this, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, speaking basically to the Gentiles, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, everyone say fitted together. The whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together, everyone say built together, for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Let's pause and pray and let's ask God to help us learn what it means to to find our place and to fit in the family of God. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for what you're doing in the church. Thank you that you're helping us be stronger in you. And we know that one of the big uh, uh, strengths of our life is not in in our individualism, but in the, uh, the context of the corporate family of God. Lord, let us find our place and begin to be fitted together and grow together and be built together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. That phrase, being fitted together, really means being joined together. You know, when you think of husband and wife, how many of you know the Bible teaches that the two shall become what? What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. How many of you know God's big on getting us connected? In fact, one of our classes today has to do, our connect class that that Kobe's teaching, it has to do with connecting with God, connecting with the family of God. It's so vitally important to get truly and absolutely and teetotally, teetotally 
connected to the body of Christ and the family of God in our life. And so we need to be joined together. Now, notice this. It says being fitted together. Let me tell you something. This is a process. It doesn't naturally happen. In fact, did you know we don't normally naturally fit where we're supposed to fit? We don't normally naturally fit. Now, I'm talking about when we get connected to the family of God. We're all so different and divergent in our, in our history and background. And, so, and we look and we go, hmm, uh, you know, I need... Hey, listen, God's a God of diversity. And he takes all kinds, red and yellow, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. You know, the up and outers and the down and outers. And he put, brings them all together. And he causes them to be fit together uh, and in, 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 in connection and relationship in the body of Christ. And this is hugely important when it comes to you being strong in the Lord. And that's our whole focus this summer. And that's what the whole purpose of the book of Ephesians is about. Paul is wanting to strengthen the brethren. And so he says, you're being fitted together. Now, last year, uh, uh, a number of us went to Kenya, to Africa. Uh, and I've been there a number of times with our dear missionaries, the Hatleys. I'm telling you, they are my heroes. Uh, they have done more with, with so little. It's amazing what they do. In fact, there's just expansion going on all the time. In fact, we, we went to an area, it's in Maasai land. You, you know the Maasai people, they dress up in pretty red colors and they jump straight up and down. My, my wife actually jumped with the Maasai and danced with the Maasai when she was there. But they're building a, a, another outreach area. And when we got there, they're about a third complete with this construction of this church building made out of rock. Now, I'm going to show you a video in just a second. And it's, it's the process of what it takes to be fitted together. How many of you know the Bible says in second, I think it's second Peter, it might be first Peter. Let me look at my notes. First Peter chapter two, verse five says we're living stones. Okay. And we don't naturally fit together. And what, what do you have to do in order uh, to, to be fitted together? If you're a living stone, there's some things that got to be chipped off of your life to make you fit. All right. So let me just show you that as an illustration. I want you to listen because this video didn't turn out the way I wanted it to because all you could hear basically a little bit of me and a lot of the chipping away. So uh, Ike, if you could play that for us, it's just about a 30 second video, amen. Here we are at Ola Rope Hill, the progress of the church is as you can hear all around. Ryan's gonna show them these guys cutting stones for the new church here that's gonna be done this year. And I'm gonna give it my first shot right here. So, here we go. Look at me. And that's about the high and the low of it. I'm done. But anyway, it's going to be a great place. And I can say that I helped. Didn't help much. <laughs> Amen. Man, I'm telling you, that's all you can hear is that chipping away. And, and let me just say... That's what needs to be, we need to be hearing in our lives. Amen. How many of you got some areas of your life that need to be chipped away? All right. The chisel of God going to work in our life. Uh, and and uh, so that's what we're talking about. Finding, uh, you know, d- uh, developing within our life 
uh, what, it, what needs to happen in our life in order to properly fit where God wants us to fit. Now, interesting thing about Paul the Apostle in this issue of connecting and fitting together. In Ephesians uh, and, and other passages of, of other writings of his letters, he uses different illustrations to define and illustrate this connection and this relationship we have with one another. Let me show these to you, our, our, our relationships as illustrated by Paul the Apostle, uh, uh, and they all have one theme. It requires us being fitted together. The first one is the body. Everyone say the body. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23, which is his body. Uh, And so we are the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In fact, if you read 1 Corinthians 12, in fact, I would encourage you to do so. It's this illustration that we are a part of the body of Christ. Now, who is Jesus in this body? He is the, he is the, the head. There you go. You know, it's kind of like. What I tell, you know, the, as an illustration, I'm the head of my house. Yeah, all you men who are the head of your house, say amen. Amen. Well, uh, I'm the head of my house, but guess what my wife is? She's the neck. She turns me whichever way she wants. That's just my little joke for the day. Uh, but hey, we're the body of Christ. And how many of you know the illustration is just as clear as a bell? We gotta, we gotta be connected in order to be functioning right. We gotta find our place. We gotta fit within the body of Christ. And then in Ephesians chapter two, he uses the illustration of community. He said, we're fellow citizens. We're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we're fellow citizens. That has to do with community. How many of you know the, the body of Christ, the fact we're community? And in the community, we've got to connect together. For the community to be uh, strong and healthy, we've got to be a part of the community. And we've got to work together as a community. That's our relationships. And then he uses another one, family. I love this one. Ephesians 2.19 that we read. He says, we are members of the household of God. That phrase, that household, is a family term. It's where we talk, when we think about family relationships, that household, Greek word, has to do with family. I love, I think it's the New Living Translation. It basically says this, you belong in God's family or God's household with every other Christian. We're a part of the family of God. And then Paul uses the the one that we'll kind of focus on this morning. He uses the building. We are God's building. Verse 20 and 21, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, that's us, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Notice the progressive nature of verse 22, and really even verse 20. We're being built together. In other words, there's a process going on, the chipping away of God in our life. See, being fitted together is a process. Here's a revelation I came to. As I, oh, let me give you one more. I'm about to jump ahead. The church. I love, he uses the church. And that means the called out ones. In fact, there's nine different references in the book of Ephesians where he calls us and our relationships and how we're connected together as the church. We're called out together. We have a common calling. The building. We have a common foundation and a common uh, a source of who we are. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. We're the family of faith uh, with one commonality. That is that our father uh, has purchased us all with his son's blood. We have a common fatherhood and a common relationship. We're a part of the community. We have a new Lord in our life. His name is Jesus. 
And we're a part of the body of Christ. And we connect and we commit to one another as we commit to Christ. Those are the multifaceted illustrations Paul uses to, to undergird and underscore the reality that we've got to be fitted together in this relationship that God has called us uh, in, and that is the ministry of, of the church, the ministry of the body of Christ, the ministry of the family of God. And so we've got to be fitted together. I want to say fitted together. And that is a process. Now, let me throw this thought out at you. We like to find a place that best fits us. God finds a place and makes us fit. Listen, if you're trying to find where you fit, where it feels, oh, I fit here. This is where I fit. Oh, oh, I feel so good here. Listen, it's the wrong mindset. Mind, mindset. Where does God want me to fit? And then I'll let him make me that way. If we keep trying to find what fit best fits us, hey, the reality is there's some areas in our life that need to be chipped away, just like you saw just a few moments ago. They're just, they're just a pile of rocks until those, those master craftsmen got a hold of, 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 the, of the stone and began to chip away and cause them to be uh, 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 designed to a way that they could best fit in that family or best fit in that building. And it was just a phenomenal to watch them just chip away. And that's what God needs to do and desires to do in our life. And it is a process. He doesn't find a place that you fit. He finds a place and makes you fit. And there's some areas of our life that need to be chipped away. Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you this morning. And then say, now, what'd you say to me? Oh, the, uh, yeah, I know he's talking to me too. There's some areas of our life. Just because you don't seem to fit doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. Let me say it again. Just because you don't seem to fit it doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. It may mean that God's got a little more work to do in your life. Could I get a better amen, somebody? That there's some areas of your life that need to be chiseled away, that need to be chipped away, and to be, and to yield to the, to the chisel of God in your life. And when you look at Ephesians, you'll discover some important things. That God has some areas of our life that all of us need to be chipped away and chiseled away in our life. And we've got to learn to yield. Everyone say yield. You gotta yield to the chisel of God in your life and yield to the chisel of change in your life because in order for you to best fit, undoubtedly there's some things in your life that have to go. Are you with me? Say amen. I know that's the case in my life. You know, my wife and I, we've been married how long, Beverly? 30, 35? 35 and a half? Gotta get a 35 and a half, 35 and a half. That's a long time. And you know what? What we learned, even though God joined us together, there's some areas in both of our lives, mine more than hers, that needed to be chipped away. And there's still every once in a while the chipping of God in my life because, hey, I need to learn how to better fit in my relationship with my wife and better fit in the family of God. And that's what all of us need to do in our life. So let's look, let's look at some areas from the book of Ephesians where Paul requires and is instructing us uh, some things that need to change and be chiseled away in our life. The first one is this. I see unhealthy attitudes. Unhealthy attitudes. Help me, Ike. Let's plug forward here. 
And let me show this to you in Ephesians chapter 4. What do you see? We're yielding to the chisel. Look what he says here. Now here's the, remember chapter 4 is where you start applying who you are in Christ. Look, look what the first thing he addresses, right attitudes. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. He's saying, listen, hey, if you're going to apply who you are in Christ, it begins with your attitude. Now look over in verse 31, when he brings it down in chapter four, he gets right to the attitude. He said, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. Listen, I've learned this about my life. And and because I've learned this about my life, I'm the preacher. I know it's probably true in your life and all of our life. There's some unhealthy attitudes. In some ways, a lot of us are sporting a tune that's got to go. And a lot of times our attitude keeps us from moving into the place that God has for us. And listen, uh, you know, I've always said this. If I was interviewing two uh, people for a job and, and they both had the same, uh, you know, resume, basically. They both finished the same college level. They both, you know, had the same GPA. They both had this. They, they were like identical in, in their resume. And I, and I interviewed them both. Guess who's going to get the job? The one with the right at, with the, with the right attitude, with an attitude that is, that, that is, that is good and healthy and holy. Listen, and your attitude affects your altitude. I told our men this on Father's Day. And our altitude determines our destiny. And the, one of the first things we see Paul talking about that needs to be chiseled away in our life, if we're going to learn to fit where God wants us to fit, we got to deal with the attitudes of our life that in many ways have been, have been established through that past position, that past place of, of where we were under the governance of the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. How many of you know your kids, however sweet they are, they have a mean streak of disobedience running through them that my Bible tells me the rod, what's that rod of correction will drive it far from them, amen? Hey, it's the attitude of our life that has to be adjusted. We yield to the chisel of chains those unhealthy attitudes. Number two is unholy activity. Chapter four, look what he says in verse 17. Let me just show it to you. Chapter four, verse 17. This I say therefore and testify to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. We being past, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work, all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. Somebody say amen. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. What's he saying here? You got to chip away. You got to yield to the chisel of God in your life with these unhealthy attitudes and this unholy activity that, 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 uh, you were raised in in your former life and just realize, Hey, God wants you to put on a new man, which is according to God, which according to God is true righteousness and holiness. I wish I had a rock in us. 
hammer. I, I, just, I just still go to whacking on it right now. That's some areas of our life that have grown hard and cold and callous. They gotta come, they gotta, they gotta come off. See, God, what's God doing? He's, he's, he's got you in a process of fitting where He wants you to fit. We gotta deal with the unhealthy attitudes, the unholy activity. And number three, the unscrupulous actions. How many of you know scruples means morals? And, and righteous mindset, just, just healthy, uh, uh, belief system, if you will. But look what he says in chapter four, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying. How many of you know lying is unscrupulous? Putting away lying. Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. See, hey, we're connected. You got to deal with these unscrupulous acts. He goes on to be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger, nor give place to the devil. Look in verse 28. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands, which is good that he may have something to give him who has need. The unscrupulous acts. Listen, that's the way we used to be. And Paul's coming along and saying, listen, you're going to, you're connected here. You're members of the family of God. You've got to yield to the chisel of God in your life. The unholy attitudes, these un, uh, pardon me, unhealthy attitudes, unholy activity and unscrupulous acts that we, we got uh, established within us, lying, cheating, and all those other things that have no place in our life. In fact, they, they open a door for the devil to go to work in our life. Another area that I see that Paul is addressing for the body of Christ to deal with the chisel of change in their life. It's in their unloving adjectives. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 29, look what he says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Look what he says in verse 31. Put away uh, evil speaking. Let it be put away from you. Listen, God wants to change the way we talk. Some of us got the language of of the Chaldeans, uh, you know, we got the wrong language going on in our life. He wants to change the way we speak. He wants to tune up our attitude, and he wants to help us deal with the unholy activities of our of our past and the unscrupulous acts of, of our past and the unloving adjectives, the just the 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 issues of our tongue. I've got to come under the governance and the, and the guidelines and the, and the ministry of the chisel of God in our life. Now, let me ask you a question. If God showed up in your house with his chisel, what would you do? If God showed up and said, hey, here I am. I'm ready to go to work. How would you respond? Let's see how this guy respond when God showed up in his house. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're in essence his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know, I mean, Maybe a, a Picasso, you know. But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. 
Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, you just said the prayer, so here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You know, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God... Who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising, I've watched what I ate, I even did Pilates for a while, that was awkward. But if you could chisel, all I mean, right... Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel, No, talk, no, 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 chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow. You're lazy. <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. Ow. You have a problem with lust. Okay. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um... Maybe, maybe we can take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay. Then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why won't you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right? it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, no, no chisel. Here we go. Can we chisel where I want that? That's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? Yeah. It hurts. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe Your we could... Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way... Your we ways could... are not my ways. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Uh, uh, what? Nothing. 
What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, God, I've let you down so many times. No, you were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. All right. Just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult, but I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that aren't out of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more it's... than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I married her. I was there. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold, don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison. But look at this as a, a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you the way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are.
so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Everybody say, I'm God's masterpiece. And how many of you know he's not finished with us yet? This morning, there's some areas of our life that God wants to chisel away so we can fit where he wants us to fit. How many of you know that as this skit guy shared with us, that you realize, man, he's talking to me. You know, there's God uses uh, you know, I, I don't know if it, I guess it would be nice if God himself showed up like he did for this guy. But you know what? He uses, uh, he, he's, got a, he's got a plethora of things that he, and people that he use, uses to chip away in our life. It, his chisels take many forms. Number one, he chooses leaders in our life. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says he gives us the five-fold ministry, church leaders, to come along. And you know, sometimes it's pastor's job. Sometimes it's the teacher's job. Today, when you were in, in your workout sessions this morning, the chisel was there, was it not? And sometimes he uses just laymen in our life. In fact, I'm kind of moving through this quickly, but Ephesians four sixteen says when we come together and, are, uh, and we fit together, that, that with one another, not just leaders, but laymen, when we fit together, it causes growth. He uses others, just folks in our life. And then sometimes he uses loved ones. Our fathers, our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our husbands, our wives can be God's chisel in our life to chip away in our lives. And so this morning, as we come to the close of this service, I want us to stand together. And I want us to do just like Tommy did and just yield to the chisel of God in our life and let him chip away at our life for his, we are his masterpiece. Everyone say, I, I'm his masterpiece. And you know what has happened through, through our lives, sin and, and the sickness of sin has, pardon me, don't be offended, has deformed us in some ways. And we no longer look like Jesus would have us look. Sin has invaded our world. And Jesus comes along and says, listen, there's some things that I need to chip away in your life. Let's bow our heads before the Lord today. And just like Tommy did with God, let's yield to the chisel of God in our life. Some of you may have some unhealthy attitudes that need to be chipped away. Mainly some unholy activity. Maybe even some unscrupulous actions on your part. Or unloving adjectives and words that need to be chipped away. Whatever it is. Let's yield to the chisel of God. And I want to pray for us today. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, this simple message of the exercise of fitting has touched my life. And I know there's some areas where the chisel of God needs to go to work in my life. If that's you, wherever you are, lift your hand. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to come join me in the altar quickly. We're going to pray. We won't be long. Come on, let's pray together. Let's yield to the chisel of God today. Let's let him go to work in our life.
you know what, what needs to happen in your life. You know where the chisel needs to go to work. And you know what? As Tommy said, it hurts. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it, there's pain. But listen, it's not always the easiest thing. In fact, listen, in fact, if you're here today and you said, I'm just trying to find where I fit and you realize I don't fit, it may be because there's something that needs to be chiseled in your life. Because none of us were born, uh, hey, we were born in sin. We were born uh, in, in, in where we, we did not fit, but that's why Jesus came. He paid the price so we could be his children. Then he goes to work in our life. Father, we thank you for the chisel of God working in our lives. Lord, you, you, you allow things in our lives sometimes, Lord God, to go to work, to, not, not to hurt us, but to help us. Not to make us bitter, to make us, but to make us better. And I pray over, Lord, myself, and I pray over these that are in this altar today, Lord. We just yield to your chisel in our life. I want everyone here, you know why you're standing in this altar today. I don't have to tell you why. You know it uh, very specifically, the areas that need to be chiseled in your life. I'm going to encourage you right now just to say, Lord, have your way in my life. Chisel away, God. Let the chisel of God go to work in my life. If there's some hard, unwilling areas, just be, I yield those areas to you, Lord Jesus. I want everybody in this altar. And even if you're not in the altar and you know this is for you, just begin to just say, Lord, I'm yielding myself. I'm yielding my mind. I'm yielding my mouth. I'm yielding my life. Lord, these areas of my life that need to go, I yield them to you. Hey, just do that right now in this altar. Just yield yourself to the chisel of God today. In Jesus' name, have your way in our lives. Lord, You've got a place for us to fit. And the process of fitting, Lord, sometimes can be painful. But we yield to the chisel of God. We know you only do wondrous things. And we really are your masterpiece. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for working in our lives for your glory. Have your way in our life.